0: Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Key. And this week we are looking at Season 1, Episode 15, You Can't Tell a Crook by His Cover, in which Frasier tests his deductive reasoning by seeing if he can predict which of Martin's card-playing friends has served time in jail. So this week, key Paul the game takes a prominent role in the plot of the episode, as does kind of card playing and poker. But I want to focus on Paul. Are you any good at Paul? Do you enjoy playing it? And is this something you do when you're out at the pub with friends?
1: Uh, I do. I really enjoy playing Paul. Actually, um, I'm not necessarily that good at it. I, uh, <laughs> we we have a mutual friend who's very good at Paul. And when I was we were at school, I would often play with him in primary school. Wow. We okay. Went, I don't. You remember Josh? Uh, I don't know if I'm... Are we supposed to be saying people's names on air? Yeah, you I don't, can, I you I can say it. He okay. He's definitely not
0: listening to this, so <laughs>
1: Yeah, Josh Nicklin at school, who went to school with us, he, he's very, very good at pool. We used to play wow. uh, in primary they, school, after school club together. I know that. And in about two years of us playing pool together, I beat him once and he accused me of cheating because he was so stunned.
0: <laughs> What, he was watching the game the whole time and he still accused you of cheating? Honestly,
1: I think, I don't I don't know what it was. I'm not sure if I went to sink the last the last ball and I don't know if he went to get a drink or something, And he, but either <laughs> way... I did not cheat. I won that one. Match. I lost I lost the other 197, but that one, that was me. You're oh, going me. on the record
0: here to say, I did not
1: <laughs> cheat all those years ago. I was going to say, it's like that guy who who finally beat Jimmy Connors, isn't it? Nobody beats me 17 <laughs> times in a row. Well, no one beats Kieran Leahy 198
0: <laughs> no one, times in a row. <laughs> no, one no one accuses me of cheating. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't get my head around snooker. I've watched it. I kind of vaguely know the rules. But Paul, it's very simple. It is what it is. There's usually one in every good British pub, any self-respecting pub. So I enjoy it. I, I think it's a very sociable game. You get a pint. You, you know, you, you, you get someone who's... I think I think you hit a sweet spot after you've had about two or three pints, I think. You really come into your own. And your, your average game, if your average game is five out of ten, after you've had a couple of pints, you might go up to a six. Maybe even a a, seven, I
1: think. A couple um, more pints and it falls apart. The yeah, amount of times I've just—I remember when I just—it was awful. I completely just this ball went off the table. It was in some guy's pint. Me sort of staggering over like, oh, "Can I have my ball back?" Please? Like, <laughs> don't that don't is, drink after yeah, that you yeah. don't play after you've had too many. Put it like that. Yeah,
0: don't drink and drive, but also don't drink and get cocky and challenge people an impromptu <laughs> pool games because it only ends badly. Are you ready to uh to tuck yourself into trivia corner this week?
1: I am indeed. Yeah.
0: Excellent. We've got some questions on the reddit this week from uh, our good friend Corey, otherwise known as mischief knight three bouter questions actually which i oh, said God. to him in the reply so i'm hoping he's gonna uh he's gonna catch you out a little bit here so uh, i'm gonna, gonna open up with question one so this is this is i'm gonna read verbatim what his question says because otherwise it sounds like i'm referring to us in the third person so he put will and key often nail the references of the episode titles but can key identify what is being referenced from the title card pick a con any card
1: I just assumed it was pick a card any card like with like a, a magician
0: Yeah that is I think one layer to it but there's a very there's a very much a more specific TV based reference oh. going on here I have no
1: idea. Okay, that, that... well,
0: season one, episode nineteen of Cheers is called "Pick a Car, Any Can. A nice oh. little, nice little Easter egg there. I didn't. I've watched Cheers and I've seen that episode. I can't. I mean, I'm not. I don't know Cheers at all. I've watched it through once, so I didn't remember episode titles. But a nice little reference there.
1: It is. Yeah, I would not have got that. I, I, I've seen a few episodes of Cheers. I've not. I don't think I've. I've definitely not watched it start to finish. Mm. And would yeah. Not know episode titles.
0: I feel a bit. Blasphemous for cheers. It's. I love the bar setting. That's like to me. It's like it's almost better than than Frasier settings because I think it's just it's perfect, sociable, it's cozy. But I, yeah, the characters don't quite work for me as much. Um, just few gripes i had here and there with it i never got into it like i did with phrase i
1: love the idea of it i just for me i think it's it's not dated as well as phrase has i think it's not aged particularly in the same way yeah Um, i think it's
0: very much kind of like a little time capsule that bar of of its time and also very interestingly they have that side room annex where a pool table is um we've just talked about (laughs) paul paul features a lot in a lot of episodes because they're frequently in that room but but yeah okay you ready for question two
1: yeah bring it on
0: so, what does the neon sign behind the Topaz Rooms bartender say?
1: Oh God, I do not know the visual stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's got you this week. I'm loving this. On, oh God, is it? Think laterally here. Okay, I don't know. It's like Do we drink? Literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> 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 does the, literally the sign just say
1: "sign"? Is that? <laughs> that would be very that would be, that neon. Like some
0: Derrida, some kind of English, some literature, linguistics theorist going on there. But no, <laughs> it's uh, it says beer. So you're very close. Oh, it just says beer. All I was a...
1: thinking was uh, in in the Simpsons, most is like sign that says Duff, and I was like, Duff isn't in this. <laughs> what what's the really, very similar? I'm a big big fan of
0: neon signs. Um, some people think they're tacky, gaudy. I love them, and I mean, I don't have any in my house, but. I'd love to get one at some point. I think they're, I think they're cracking. Where do you stand on the?
1: Oh, m- my dream, okay, is to be able to have a shed which I can turn into like a man cave, and I would have a yeah. neon sign in there in an instant. You.
0: What would your neon side say in your man cave? Okay. I
1: is think it right, would just I be shed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: shed, not peep show or, or XXX. <laughs> just keep it nice and peaceful. Okay. Keep, keep so it. really got you on the ropes. Can okay. you bring it home for the third? This is probably oh, the no. most forgiving question, I think. So maybe you've got a chance there. According to Daphne, which room of the house did Harry Moon have to convert into her billiards trophy room?
1: Oh, I do know this. I
0: think, yes. Is it the pantry? You do. It is the pantry. How big must their pantry be to, to become a trophy room? I thought pantries were like just cupboards you could just about step into. Like, I mean, I don't have a pantry, but yeah. It must be huge.
1: Yeah, that's my understanding is that a pantry is just basically like a food cupboard. Yeah, yeah. Um, like
0: if you've got space to walk around in one, that is like the height of decadence for me. Like you've got a <laughs> walk-in pantry, you know. You clearly live in a good neck of the woods. I mean, okay. maybe we're just poor,
1: Will. that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it like... is.
0: That is what it is in our pantry-less <laughs> homes. Uh, so, we got our trivia this week, Key, we've got our questions. Oh, I've got mine. You've got yours. Are you ready? Do you want to kick things off?
1: Okay, um, question one. How much number. did Frasier lose? from his bet about identifying the croc? Oh. <sighs> it's kind of a trick question. You've really got to think it through.
0: Um, yeah, because I I think I know what his wager is, because I'm remembering when... I can't remember the name of the guy. Jimmy, is it, when he says, uh, yeah. you know, you owe your dad such amount of books. But then I, I'm trying to work out, like, if it's if it means that's doubled because Martin won or if it's stacked or because other people were in on it. I'm... <laughs> I'm just going to
1: go $20. Okay. I think the answer is $15. $15.
0: Okay. Um, because, tell, tell me through your reasoning.
1: Because I think... I so what you mean. He, owe, he has a bet of $5 with his dad. And Jimmy says at the end, you owe your dad five bucks, as you identified. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in the, at KACL... Ross says, "I'll go in for ten dollars." Uh, yeah. And... So
0: how how does that work? If if Ross says, oh, "I'm in for ten on your dad," is, how does this work? Like a social I... bet? Does Frazier have to stump up that money, even though he has I nothing to so. do with that bet?
1: I think so. I think that um, it's that a separate suck. bet between <laughs> Frazier and Ross. Yeah.
0: Okay, that sucks massively. But yeah, <laughs> I suppose because Frazier doesn't intervene. The subtext is that you know the implication is that he's gonna he's like, okay, that bet stands. I will I will pay it. But yeah, okay, fifteen dollars. It's not an insignificant amount. When you're confident, you're gonna win. You'd feel really—that would feel like three times as much, I think, to Frasier.
1: Yeah, I think I think Fraser's very, very confident. Well, he confident, yeah. he's very His confident.
0: Ego gets hurt big time in this episode. Okay. Speaking of Frasier, question two, what is Frasier's degree in? He actually gives us the name this episode.
1: Okay, so I think I do know this one um, okay. because it jumped out at me as a question you would do. So I think, is it is it psychosocial behavior? or, or beh- yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, behaviorism, like that,
0: yeah. behavior, they're all the same. Um, yeah. Psychosocial behavior. I mean, I always figured he just had like a straight up MD, but then maybe that's what he means is he had an MD, but the specialty was psychosocial behaviorism. Um, that must be what it means but he doesn't ever tire of reminding us he went to Harvard, does he?
1: He doesn't, no, does he? He just has to come up again and again. (laughs) So my second question. Hit me. Uh, Frasier and Niles both order the same drink at Nervosa. What is the nickname for the drink?
0: I think... Think I can remember this because, as you know, I'm eagle eye for the coffees uh, as we go through this series for the coffee can. I believe they're called gutless
1: wonders. <laughs> yeah, two gutless wonders, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so love it.
0: just yeah, it would be so humiliating to have that shouted over like the din of a coffee house that you've just ordered in. I mean, I don't go to many to many coffee houses. The menus terrify me. Like Starbucks. I don't know if you've been to Starbucks recently, but you know, it's like Ven- venti and Gr- grande, and they're just it just doesn't say medium small medium or large
1: i am I just i want to go in and i just want tea that's all i want okay yeah, i don't want to a, a, like oh, want
0: a, a, tea? a crappy crappy
1: like, i don't understand it all like, okay just give me a tea please leave yeah. the milk on the side i'll sort that out you don't have to do anything you're tea. in a fortunate position there
0: because tea is usually the cheapest thing in there so you know i mean that's probably why i love going it to yeah. um okay question my last question for this week what does eddie's breath smell like according to frazier
1: oh okay i think i do know this because it's quite like a vivid image in my mind is it swamp gas it is, is it, swamp yeah. gas
0: which i can't well, we don't get that many swamps here in the uk so it's probably a smell americans are maybe more familiar with just by the way of their geography not to say the country is a swamp but yeah i mean i i could you hazard a guess what this smells like? A bit of a sulfuric smell, maybe?
1: I just, I get a, like a vision of like the Everglades in my mind.
0: Florida vibes. So I'm getting yeah. those as well.
1: Swap gas. Like kind what of you think of Florida? Diagonally
0: <laughs> as opposed to Seattle as, as is possible, geographically speaking. But yeah, like maybe that's yeah. what it smells like. Okay. So
1: my final question. Okay. What was Jimmy in prison for?
0: Oh, okay. I know it's, it's something like. <laughs> I think it's a kind of fraud, insurance fraud, or money laundering, or uh, I'm going to go insurance fraud.
1: I just had fraud, so <laughs> I'm going to give it. to oh, Okay, you. okay. So Rachel, um, we don't
0: even know what kind of fraud it is. <laughs> um,
1: Frazier does say at one stage that he passed bad checks, so passed bad checks. I I've got it, it just I, down I as fraud. It might be yeah. Something
0: like insider trading or something i know i don't know if you've watched the american office but there's an episode where they have like a convict who gets hired and they're trying to figure out who it is very much like this episode actually um i'm only just seeing the parallels now but yeah he did like insider trading which is which i always i don't know why jimmy's kind of clean cut he's got a bit of a swagger about him he's quite intelligent he strikes me as someone who would maybe be a bit kind of dabble in insider trading
1: yeah i mean i think as much as it was a joke about the other guy about um him though in art and all that i could see jimmy as like a forger
0: yeah i could yeah he he's i think it's the the roll neck he's got and the i don't know just his haircut he looks like he looks like <laughs> i can't remember the name of the guy is it philip Hayson from the from the crucible the uh yeah. the gallery owner he's got a bit of the the, the hasten about him hasn't he he's a bit of a bit of a straight i'm just looking at my questions key have i missed one of my questions yes
1: i i, I think you um i think you've only asked two i think yeah I, I think i've
0: started <laughs> on question two okay this is actually my favorite question and it's my my first kind of talking point for me getting to get the episode after this is all about this what is the animation on the title screen oh god um there's about never, 30 or give or take five there's about 30 total they
1: cycle through and i never um, pay any attention to any of them <laughs> um, that is the complete
0: opposite to me which we'll <laughs> come into in the description in a minute
1: i'm just waiting for the show to start I'm like, okay we're ready to go um, <laughs> is it like a lift going up is it like a, a dot going up the space needle?
0: It's not, but you're right, and then it involves the space needle. There's a couple that involve oh. the space needle in the in the kind of cycle they do, and it's just simply the red light on the top, the kind of antenna, antenna. Oh, um, okay. Unit kind of blinking but yeah i mean let's just dive straight into the review this episode because this is exactly what i wanted to talk about i can't believe it's taken us this long to make this a regular bit of the show but you have my word now that every week from this point onwards i'm going to tell you what the title card animation was and we can briefly discuss it because i love these i don't know what it is about them they're so simple and I think it's the fact that Frasier never had really intrusive, annoying opening titles. Like I think of the Friends theme. I'm I'm someone who you know, I like Friends. Nothing like Frasier, but you know, I can watch it. I've not I'm not j- joined the kind of trendy kind of new wave destroying friends like rhetoric on oh. Twitter. But um yeah, like that is like a minute and a half long. The music's really loud. It seems to take forever. Frasier just really unintrusive. All these simple animations. I mean, yeah, you say you don't kind of pay any attention to them, but you you I imagine you have kind of comments on Fraser's intro more generally.
1: I really, really what I think Fraser's intro tells you about the show and what I really like about it is the fact that it's so short means that the writers are never buying time. With that intro. Yeah. Like, there are shows like, I know with like The Simpsons, for instance, um, there's some episodes where it starts, I think, with just them on the couch and it goes straight into it, whereas other times you get the full title sequence. And when you get the difference between that is the episodes where they felt like, they had enough really solid 22 minutes and when they were trying to buy a bit of time um... so
0: true i thought the shortened version of the simpsons one was just when like the tv had had to cut it like channel four because of like a a scheduling conflict i never realized that was like a genuine artistic decision a creative decision and yeah like Frasier's got a reputation for being like, I think we've talked about this before, but there's there's been articles on this. There's a community called Frasier Sleepers, and they're people that listen to Frasier every night to kind of fall asleep to, which is something I could very much get on board with. And they, you know, they talk about the fact that it doesn't have those, those annoying establishing shots like Outside Central Perk, for example, when the guitar plays. It doesn't have any of that. And it doesn't have a loud, rocky theme tune either, so that when the episodes are cycling through, you barely know an episodes change from one to the next. And I just think that works really well
1: yeah I mean if you think about it it's, it's just it's so simple it's really nice I really like it I think it just it, it, it fits Frasier as a show for what it is it's not a loud splashy show it's it's very clever it's very subtle and that's what the title card is and that's you know the intro and I just I think that works it, it, it typifies the show you know what you're yeah. going to expect Just from that title card from the beginning, it just it works really well, I think.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you have my nerdy promise that I will at some point compile. And I'm fairly certain I did a joke tweet a couple of years ago about this. I compiled my ten favorite animations from the uh, from oh, from the whole series. I can't remember what came out. Number one, I love Christmas lights on the Space Needle, which obviously we've already had on Miracle on Third or Fourth Street. Every Christmas episode, the animation is Christmas lights on the Space Needle. So I will I will compile if, if people listening want to hear how inanely nerdy that is. I will I will provide it for you. But this episode kicks off with Frasier showing Martin round KACL. Um, a few kind of cracking quotes here mainly wow your head photograph is even bigger than it is like in real life this kind of giant picture of frasier on the on the wall i mean yeah i just think this is a really nice dynamic and am i, am I right in thinking this is the first time martin has been inside
1: ksl you're definitely right yeah I'm, I'm sure this is the first time that he's been in ksl because it, it does work really well actually i think maybe it works so well because it's the first time that it's a bit like he's you know he's Is showing... I don't know, it's a bit like take your dad to school day or something. Like, it's it's really... It's a nice The way he's
0: playing with stuff, it's like he's the child when you need to take your kid to work day as well. It's like... Yeah, they're completely flipping that on his head, and he's pressing buttons that Fraser doesn't even know what they do. And the way he says "testing, testing" in the mic, the way he acts is exactly how I'd expect Martin to act in this in this situation. So I think they kind of really got it beat for beat.
1: Yeah, it's just it's such a nice little dynamic of, and also it shows Frasier's ignorance so well that he has <laughs> no idea what he, or any of this stuff is. You know, like, yeah, like the, the fact that
0: Roz knows, like, it's just really emasculating to admit that to his dad. Like, oh yeah, the machinery, I don't know what that does, Roz knows and i just like yeah perfectly perfectly done i think and we don't really have that many up to this point, I'm struggling to kind of keep the strands of all the different relationships and how they develop, but I feel like Roz and Martin haven't had a lot to go off yet, and they they have an interesting relationship as the series goes on. Yeah. We've already talked about, you know, in a previous episode where Martin says, you know, oh, she's quite the drinker, you know, that Roz is great. So this is like the first time, really, they're seeing each other in a more kind of normal setting, I think, and I just think their relationship is is something to kind of keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, I think off the top of my head, obviously, I think they see each other in The Crucible. Yes, they do. The and that I think might they be might... In
0: the episode, I referring to actually
1: Uh, yeah i think uh, my gut instinct says that it is i think also they might have met uh in i hate fraser crane when they're all waiting for the mariachi band
0: yes or or is that when she's in there with the coffee then she leaves and then martin and i think we talked about this actually because then i think martin and daphne come in and we had a big kind of ponder over whether ros and martin actually intersect in that episode
1: okay then yeah Um, you could be right Then yeah it's
0: it's murky at this point
1: I think, yeah, but um,
0: I th- no, I mean, I, I, you might be remembering it better than I, but yeah. Oh no, no, I think
1: I think as you say that, I, I think you're right, and I've got to be honest, I really love the Roz and Martin relationship and dynamic. It's, yeah. it's one of my favorite relationships on the show. I think it's fantastic.
0: She's like the cool aunt almost sometimes, and just the way she, I mean, there's a big family dynamic which is kind of comes to the fore later between Martin Fraser and Daphne, with like them two both becoming father figure to Daphne, um, or more like father brother. But yeah, I think Ross's is dynamic as well. Is she's almost like a sister to Daphne, and so her relationship with Martin kind of changes in that sense as well. And yeah, yeah, just just one to kind of keep an eye on, I think, which is, is really is really nice. We have a, a detail at this point of Martin when he used to take Fraser and Niles to work at the precinct, and he would lock them up in the in the cells, which I just think is a really lovely, hilarious detail, no matter how hellish it's out.
1: I think if you were a police officer, you would definitely do that with your kids. Yeah, I would. you've got to.
0: The the opportunity is like it's there to be taken it would just yeah, yeah you, you have to i mean this really reminds me actually i'm i'm not sure if you you probably did come to some of these at some point because i used to invite you to my house and parties and whatever when i was a kid a lot but if you if you remember this shout but when, i used to have halloween parties quite often yes. when I was a kid you, I know remember this. Yes. you know what i'm gonna say you know what i'm gonna say my brother listeners who is seven years older than Key and i he used to dress up as scream from the slasher films obviously uh not from edvard munch's painting and he was <laughs> put on the mask and then he would get us in like a dark room and he would basically ask us like trivia questions and make us do like little joke trials and if we couldn't do them he would essentially just lock us in the wardrobe (laughs) lock us under the bed um there was never no one ever got hurt but it was pretty it was more funny than anything but mainly traumatic as well and he used to just love doing that and I think it, it just towed the line before descending into some Stanford Prison Experiment type uh, meltdown where he kind and of to, loses it. With the-
1: to this day, that is my overriding memory of your brother. It's <laughs> those scream <laughs> just
0: moments. Him tying you to the wardrobe, Dressed <laughs> to scream. Pretty chilling. I mean, I used to, I used to love those parties. They were pretty good. Um, a lot of good Halloween themed episodes in Fraser, actually, where I'm sure I will revisit the, the Halloween. For listeners, basically, my birthday's on Halloween. That is why I used to have a lot of Halloween parties. We're not just big on celebrating Halloween in my family. Um, but we'll talk about that. So the next thing I wanted to talk about in this episode comes between Roz and Martin. It's a really good little back and forth between them. This this reference to the, the guy who's conned her, and the, the fact that he needed to get money to the to go to the Australian consulate. This just struck me as incredibly unrealistic that there would just be this one one gag or one kind of scam that all con artists in Seattle use. And the fact that Martin's known it for years, I just think are they all that like just similar and boring and uncreative that they use this one line? I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. but he just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Doesn't feel realistic.
1: I actually really like this little moment. I really, I just, I like the way that Martin's so nice to Roz about it, and uh, <laughs> he seems quite fatherly, and you know the way he's saying, "Oh, you know anyone could get done by uh, it." I almost fall for it sometimes, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and what I will say is, from when I lived in London, everyone does give you the same line. Like there there is a lot, <laughs> a lot of repetition.
0: What lines you had? tried on you.
1: I mean, I had once someone tell me that they'd lost their Oyster card, right? Um, and oh. for those who are not English or British listeners, in London, you have essentially an underground and you use an Oyster card, which is a bit like a contactless card, and that's, you need it to get on and off the the underground. Um, so... This woman just came to me. Um, can I borrow yours? I was like, No. What? What? It, I mean, <laughs> a, an Oyster got is linked to your bank account. You can just keep using it, and it will keep topping up. I was not just gonna the idea give of this borrowing money. it as well. I mean, what capacity was she ever going to return it to? You? <laughs> I'm not. I was like, how am I going to get it back? And she's like, I will post it to you. I was like, But how wow. am I going to get home to get to it? We're at a train station, and I will need <laughs> it to get home. It's not. Oh man. Honestly, Honestly yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: we we uh we had a line by um a guy who is presumably homeless. Um, last time I was in London I mean I'm someone who has great sympathy for this whole you know the epidemic I should say of homelessness in this country but this particular instance I think is novel to, to talk about and hopefully doesn't seem insensitive but he came up to me and my dad and basically just said like just basically the line was that his mom had died or something like the day before and that he needed to, like, I don't know, but then I I heard him use the same line, like, on someone else about 10 seconds later when we told him we didn't have any change. Um,
1: Yeah, you do, you get people that come up and they just, they they built into this like five minute long story about this person and then this person and this person got ill, but they need to visit this person. And and it's like, you, you can tell it's well rehearsed because yeah, that's, it's, it's five true. minutes. It's they're not awful. And it's just, it is and, you know, an epidemic, you know, it's And really it is true yeah. in the
0: fact they've had to rehearse that line. It's, it's telling that the state has failed them, but it was just the fact that to be in a position where you would lie about the death of your own parent, like just so blase about it. It was just really kind of, yeah, that's not something I would ever say. Like, even, even jokingly, because you just feel like you're testing fate, um, yeah. tempting yeah. fate rather. But I just
1: say it yeah. is, it's a dreadful, yeah. dreadful problem in this country is Massive. the amount of of homeless that we have and the absolute failure of the state to provide any kind of you yeah. know proper, adequate facilities or any kind you know. It, we could go uh, into it in great detail. We could. But... I
0: mean, we could start a Fraser Politics podcast and uh, we could become like the Phil Patterson voters of Fraser and Niles talking through. <laughs> democratic way And on a lighter note we have a great line at this point when they talk about Fraser's graduation of his psychosocial behaviorism degree when martin says how i remember the graduation a car backfired and half them wet their gowns just (laughs) this idea of all the psychiatrists just being really kind of wimpy and and like fraser and niles and i mean we have a reference that later as well and it's like don't you believe in second chances i did until niles was born (laughs) another great one just so good (laughs) I, I
1: think this episode is so really really strong for good one-liners because
0: oh I've made the exact same note yeah I
1: was I was going through I was like okay which is gonna be my favorite line this episode and I've got six different ones I was like no that one, that one. there's, there's <laughs> uh, some uh, I,
0: I don't know if I would you pick mine out of my favorite I've got a few written down so I'll probably end up picking one of those I forgot we did that last week we should we should definitely make that a, a regular thing our favorite uh favorite line from the episode when we get back then to Fraser's apartment after KACL the references here to Eddie needing a bath. I don't know if you've ever had a dog key or I mean, obviously you've been around them in homes with them. Nothing is worse than a smelly dog. I mean, I'm speaking from experience of my, my late dog who's passed away a few years now. She used to stink when she needed a bath. My brother's dog, who was a little Shih Tzu, lovely dog, but my God, like you bath her and then days later she stinks again. Like it's, it's like their beard, like on their face and it's just, yeah, Eddie, he rolls around in all sorts of filth in that apartment so what? But I, mean, I will is, say you, you ever come across a particular stinky dogs in your
1: time. Um but I've also I, I have come across a stinky dog, but just before that, um <laughs> there was a slight, slight delay, as you said. Um, my brother's dog who's an absolute shit zoo. And I genuinely just thought you were gonna lay into this dog. He's an absolute shit. Let me tell you, Kira. Nightmare this <laughs> dog. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually think about that when I said the line. Like it
0: sounded like I was gonna launch into a uh it's always a funny one with that. That's the name of the species in general. It's like you're always treading a fire line there but, but yeah I mean you, you say you mentioned you've been around smelly
1: dogs just one come to mind well Shannon's nan has a dog and it's like a, <laughs> I don't know I, th- I don't know what it, it might be a Jack Russell it's, it's very small and it stinks it absolutely oh, stinks like, like Eddie, though. I'm get i holding my breath when I'm near this dog it's
0: really bad Jesus <laughs> that's not good that's I mean I don't know what cats are like I'm, I'm not a cat person I'll be honest but but whenever I've been around cats they, they seem to be far less smelly than dogs but that could be a complete misconception i'm sure people that are listening own cats they'll be able to correct me but as someone who's had a cat i would say generally
1: i don't think i've really met a smelly cat no uh...
0: i'm just realizing we're literally saying the 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 song of most famous (laughs) (laughs) friends We're going uh, to get into copyright fraud. <laughs> yeah, Lisa Kudrow, the former, the once Ross, is uh, <laughs> is haunting us um in this podcast. So the kind of set of this episode, I feel like every episode, every podcast episode we do, we kind of kind of summarize the plots we're going along for people who might not be as familiar. So the idea is Frasier is going to try and deduce which of, of Martin's card playing friends who are coming over today, which one of them is a crook. I like the fact that when they all arrive, which is the three of them, that they're all in on it as well, that Martin's told them about it because the episode could have been played very differently if Frazier was talking to them without them being in on it and like his answers kind of him not being able to like show his cards to to make an awful pun there. He's going to have to kind of keep quite guarded about the the kind of interpretations and conclusions he's drawing from people. But yeah, I think the whole episode could have played very differently if they hadn't been in on it. So
1: I quite like that. I like that they are because I think it allows Frazier's arrogance in asking the questions to come to the fore because you can see his thought process and he's been very open about it because he he thinks he's right, he knows he's right and then it just plays up nicely to the fact that he's wrong.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the the confidence he's when he's walking around and he's kind of stroking his chin the way he's asking the questions. I just think, yeah, it, it would have played very differently if he was being like covert and almost like he was undercover. Um, the irony being that frank who is one of the suspects was an undercover cop there as well
1: So what i will ask is um and you may not remember this the first time you saw this episode did you work out which one it was um before <sighs> I, you find out no
0: definitely not i'm I, i'm trying to think back to the first time i watched this which would have been many many years ago but i think i always assumed it was um it was the woman i can't remember her name Mar- oh, linda, linda linda yeah i was i think i always assumed it was linda i don't know why i just thought the fact that she was the only woman there is it a red herring i don't know i mean what about you
1: i i still think it's frank I'm you telling you, like, like you he might be an undercover don't think cop. Jimmy but... did anything wrong? You know, Frank's gone rogue. Let me tell you, <laughs> what he's getting up to it. Like he's got, he's got this speech pattern. He's just—I'm telling you, it's Frank. I don't <laughs> the undeveloped them. social skill, <laughs> as Fraser says, one of my favorite moments in this episode
0: is this complete profiling of Frank as this like bumbling oaf. But yeah, I mean, Jimmy just seems too, too. Clean cut and too smart and too well dressed to, to be uh, to be to have done time in prison. And I just think, yeah, I mean, he he seems to have no kind of PTSD over it. So maybe he had a really good experience in um in, in prison. I mean, I actually I got you. a note here when he when Fraser asks, "Does anyone play the harmonica?" <laughs> <laughs> he's got this like really out of touch romanticized image of what like prison is like. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Cool Hand Luke. Uh, the film with Paul Newman in and, and kind of others is kind of a classic. It's like this, this kind of classic Southern style prison, you know, like people dragging the metal cup along the bars and playing harmonica on sunny porches. And just, yeah, I think it's a great throwaway line to show how out of touch he is about prison and
1: crime. Yeah, I absolutely love that line, actually. It evokes it this wonderful imagery of what... Someone like Frazier thinks prison is like, and he thinks yeah. prison is like, and he's just so far off the mark. Well, it's just um, interesting,
0: is that if you were to ask Niles the same thing, he probably envisions prison as like the 10th circle of hell, like nothing <laughs> on earth is worse, whereas Frasier seems to have this kind of literary romanticized view of it all. It's just, yeah, quite interesting. What's also interesting is we learn his apartment is 2,000 square mm. feet at this point. Probably a good question we could have before we watched this episode, if I had remembered it was in here if we could have guessed each what size we thought it would be
1: because i'm terrible with these kinds of measurements I'm absolutely awful at it completely yeah. i don't think in feet at all i'd no, be like, I, don't. like um, I have to work things out by furniture like, oh yeah it's about a sofa and a half <laughs> what i do is i mean my dad's like collects
0: kind of little bits of art here and there and so he's always asking like what a foot is or what 12 inches is or 30 centimeters i just for me i'm just constantly thinking of foot long subs from subway i'm like i'm imagine one of them in front of me as my ruler but yeah maths measurements not my not my strong point um, another great throwaway line from fraser here and, uh, <laughs> linda comments upon daphne
1: you find her attractive to you <laughs>
0: A fantastic delivery from Kelsey Grammer and just, yeah, I think this is one of the times where the, can't not the canned laughter, the studio audience's laughter, it's like, it's much more animated than usual. And I actually think it makes his line delivery funnier rather than it being intrusive.
1: Yeah, I mean, another line I really love here with Daphne involved is, uh, do people call you Daphne, not twice? Yeah, not twice. not twice. So
0: yeah, she's got that little street edge to her, which we see later in the episode as well. But yeah, I mean, I would hate to be called Daffy if I was if I was Daphne. I mean, do you, do you mind being called Key? I realise I've called it you for like twenty years, but. <laughs>
1: I, see with me right i feel like you've got to earn them to call me key if if you've Thank known you, me I 10 like minutes that. and you're like hey key i'm like oh let's Ooh, not become familiar now but <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah you've got to know me at least five years before we're getting into that territory <laughs> i mean it's like billy and
0: bill both short for william like, i've never been called either of those and i just think i don't think i suit either of them either maybe it's because i've had a Whole life of not being called them, but yeah, I yeah, think I think cannot you, picture calling you Billy. Don't I might try, call it, me, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe listeners can call me that. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want to be called Billy, so yeah, I, I mean, I've just put here that I love the routine of Marty that he has with his gang. I mean, we have a few episodes where he has people over to play cards and 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 you know, just shoot the breeze with, but cards is just such a sociable experience, really great drinking with friends and playing. I talked a couple of weeks ago about how we play every Christmas. Yeah, I mean, not something I do. I think this is more more. This is bigger in America. I think like bridge clubs and stuff like that, and kind of just generally kind of social. Social card playing—it's not as big in the UK,
1: but I kind of wish it was. I think. See, I um, I played poker from a young age, and you—I'm pretty sure you're involved in this story, so you might remember it. When oh. when we were at school, at primary school, we had like uh, bring a toy to school day, toy day, toy day, of course. And in I think it was year six, so we were about 10, 11 Um, I brought yeah. a poker set. And I remember. And we played poker with Skittles. So I think purple Skittles, they were like 100 100 quid or something. Red was 50. And I lost all my Skittles. Oh, mate. A very Um,
0: telling portent (laughs) to what your life as a gambler might be
1: like. (laughs) Honestly, that's why I don't gamble now. I go into bookies. I'm like, no, I lost my Skittles, mate. You're not taking anything (laughs) else from me. (laughs) I I do vaguely remember that.
0: Toy Day was great, but. I seem to remember you bringing in a bringing in, was it in like the classic steel attache case as well? It, it was, was. <laughs> wow! I just I can't say attache case without thinking of my probably my favourite line from the entire series of Frasier which is when Billy Creasel comes to fix the toilet and otherwise it's it's Dr. Cox from, from Scrubs and he just says to Niall so you the guy who used to bring his gym shorts in an attache <laughs> case and then he says it was a valise." I think that's my favourite ever line from Frasier which is very of i shouldn't have given that away on only episode 15 but here we in
1: fairness that, that's a gift to be uh, i would really struggle i think just having one line yeah i mean i'll um, probably hear
0: another one like next week and think oh no actually it's this one but I, I that one i remember that all the time and it always gets a laugh from me speaking of like good lines i've already kind of mentioned it but the the next kind of segment is frazier trying to deduce which of them is the uh former kind of Khan, former prison inmate and he, he starts hounding for about his undeveloped social
1: skills. The broken vocabulary jailhouse powder the underdeveloped social skills. Hey! <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah. What is it about Frank specifically
1: that you that you find so kind of affronting? I don't know. There's just something about he, he's got he's got a he, way he, about him, which is yeah. He's got the sort of build that you can imagine he could look after himself. You know, yeah. He,
0: like he um, spent a lot of time working out in in prison.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you can't see me right now, but I am sort of ducking and diving like a boxer, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> I imagine Frank d- boxing under the ropes. <laughs> yeah, that said, he also knows a fair bit about art, clearly because. Was he, he he asks if the dish is a leak or a stew
0: Yeah, I've yeah, forgotten so. that line actually, but then I remember, um, yeah, then Martin makes a joke to Frasier about how he was something about fine arts or something, and Frasier yeah. fake laughs, uh, but yeah, so there's something about Frank that we can't quite put our finger on. Um, <laughs> am I right in thinking he comes back in another episode to play cards? Um, I, have a, I feel like I've seen him before because when Roz is there and they're trying to decide who's hotter out of Ursula Andrus and angie dickinson and like roz is playing cards with them and i, I feel like he asks her you know oh, who did you say again roz and she's like once again you know frank uh if i had to choose so like i, I can't remember what episode this is
1: but I do like, remember that line yeah i just yeah, can't, so can't like, picture I, I, the I face like
0: i've seen his face there before um we'll, have I, to, um we'll have to kind of
1: look out for that yes so. i'm pretty sure he does come back uh, at some stage. Okay,
0: we'll stay on Frank Watch then for uh, yeah. future future weeks. This is one of my favourite lines in the episode. I'm not going to commit to it being my favourite yet, but the line of... He was voted most congenial in a cell block. <laughs> just the idea of him being this kind of model inmate and just yeah, that is something I, I, I can I can see Fraser and Niles genuinely believing is an award they hand out to, to prison inmates. Probably the biggest badge you could earn in prison that would just be like a, a beat me sign on your back. <laughs> <And> like <laughs> probably the worst, You want to be voted the least congenial in your cell block to, to have any chance of surviving in prison. I think
1: I, I love you the can. idea that every year they just have an awards night and it's like most, <laughs> yeah, everyone's so likely to go. That they hate each other. <laughs> yeah, most likely to go straight. It's Billy. Billy <laughs> <laughs> like the C
0: beast but for prison <laughs> I mean this is something about something interesting about Jimmy here Martin says how he wouldn't trust him for a second unless he was, wasn't surrounded by cops does that strike you as a line you would he would say about someone who he, he's friends with and invites to his house to play poker I just, I just, I just think they have to set this up for the plot for Martin to suddenly be like, "No way, Daphne, you can't see it." But I just don't think he would, he would be in regular contacts and socialise with someone he felt that
1: strongly about. I, I completely agree with you. To be honest, I think that for me, it's strange that Martin he makes this comment that he, you know he would, he would only trust him if he's around cops. For me, Martin either would not let him in his house at all, or he would trust him. I, I don't think there's an in between. Um, but I think that it's, I think the reason they do it is because you need to see i mean you need to have jimmy as this nice likeable guy for so that Frazier won't spot him but you also need to not like him for when he's with daphne but for me see i don't see jimmy as a bad guy i mean maybe it's because everything you see with daphne's off screen that what i remember of him is you know the nice sophisticated guy who's really nice he's most you know mm. mr congenial and all this so I I can see why they've given Martin the line. It just I think I think it's a bit strange. I'm, I'm with you. I think it's a bit strange.
0: Yeah, but I mean I I understand everything you said as well, and I think it helps me to kind of understand it a bit more. Is that he you know he's a complex guy. He's a criminal, but hasn't committed a kind of social crime, and that it wasn't a violent crime. It wasn't kind of you know a sexual crime. So there is there is a distinction there. He isn't someone. If someone's done gone to prison, for fraud, they are not an inherently dangerous person to be around um, you know it doesn't mean because he's committed fraud he might also you know attack Daphne on a date I just think mate, that's that's there's, there's all types of criminals and psychologists etc which is what Frazier is saying at this point and we have that kind of family dynamic where Daphne's kind of sick to death of you know she's saying oh, I'm a woman I can make up my own mind which I, I, I really like that kind of in you know performance from Jane Lee at this point something I wanted to bring up when she storms off and she goes down the wrong corridor oh I love this line do you think that is scripted or do you think she accidentally turned and went down there and it was like kind of ad-libbed I know it seems a stretch to think it was unscripted but the way Frazier says the line and Martin's laugh seems like a John Mahoney laugh I just couldn't help but think it's something that might have just been like a serendipitous Moment where they went off script by mistake and just saved it with an even better gag.
1: Possibly, yeah. I mean, I didn't think of it like that. I just thought it was a it was a brilliant line from Kelsey. I absolutely love it. Um, I mean, yeah. I could I could be giving the writers too much credit here. It is, <laughs> it, is, it is. It is. I think it's a very actor's line. So it's something I would imagine an actor ad- ad-libbing mm. because you do think of your exits, your entrances, your exits, and things like that. So yeah, I it's could a, imagine it's a great moment. Imagine that. It's but a it is. A, it's a brilliant line. Whoever came up with it, fair play to them. It's
0: a great life. Yeah. So we'll never, we'll never know, but um, it's it's done really well. Um, and like, yeah, Daphne storms off in the wrong direction, and goes back to her room. So after this, we're back in Navosa. It's been a long time since I've said those words. And the coffee count this week is. Two Gutless Wonders, of course, as we've already established, which brings the coffee count so far up to 19. Um, This entire segment is just full of brilliant Niles lines. I've written so many of them down. We're pushed for time, so I'm not going to read them all out. But certainly playing fast and loose with his tips for a man who drives a van. It was all she could do to keep her eyes from dancing. And then, of course, a fan favourite. Don't you dare call me irrational. You know that makes me crazy. (laughs)
1: Even, the, even you saying that line now, I can just, I can see David Hyde Pierce's eyes. Yeah, it's he's just...
0: just standing over the table and he's kind of like hunched over. It's just, yeah, you immediately, his his lines more than anyone's. You, you can see his body language, even even just reading or hearing a line, which is just obviously testament to, to DHP himself. But just, yeah, phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal bit in Nervosa. Then, of course, we go from the, the kind of height of class and sophistication that is Nervosa to the Topaz room, which, of course, we thought got shut down after the Last shooting. Does this not seem of an incongruous name for for a beer and a pool hall for you? The Topaz Room sounds like it should be a smoky jazz bar in a Raymond Chandler novel, like bo- bogeys like at the bar smoking a cigarette or something in a fedora just the Topaz room to me does not sound like somewhere ruffians go to, to play pool.
1: No, it's not. I imagine that you're sitting in a Topaz room, you're, you're having a cigar, there's a smoky air, and you're listening to some live music or something. Yeah. It sounds really nice.
0: That's, it, it sounds great. It's, if, if we had a Topaz room here in you know in our fair city in the UK, then I would, I would totally hit that up. It sounds like a great place, but the, the, the real Topaz room is actually far more in line with the places I do go to and the pubs I do go to, kind of dingy. It's just like, yeah, there's the, there's the neon signs, people there kind of swilling there. Actually looks like a great place to go with your mates on a Friday night to be honest. I actually think this scene could play very different when Niles and Fraser arrive because they're both suited and they can actually look quite macho and a bit mafioso in this scene. They could actually play, play it up and like turn it into, in, into an advantage. Like Guys like that seeing two suited people come through the door, they might think, oh, they're the FBI, they're such and such, but they just play it all wrong. Obviously, the writers, you know, make them do so. And I just think, yeah, their entrance here is quite interesting
1: and the whole dynamic. Absolutely love their entrance. I think it's just, I really, (laughs) really like the fact that they come in, the whole room stops. It feels a bit like a Western. Yeah. And, and and then it's just let them let the, those two take over and talk about how they need to hide their fob, uh, watch fobs and things like that. Yeah,
0: the, the Phi Beta Kappa key from the fraternity days, and Phrye is like perhaps they have a local chapter. One of my <laughs> favourite lines again, just it's, absolutely brilliant. I think
1: Niles is just I love him in this scene. I absolutely I like. I don't think he has any line in this scene that doesn't make me laugh. It's just yeah, even the way that he's describing Daphne to the bartender, just the the. Contrast between the way he describes it and the way that Frasier <laughs> describes her. It's just, it's yeah. brilliant.
0: Has the young woman been in here this evening, approximately five foot nine and three quarters, with skin the colour of Devonshire cream and the sort of eyes that gaze directly into
1: one's soul with neither artifice nor evasion?
0: <laughs> and the, the bartender actually has, I, I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm actually going to say this is my favourite line from the episode. I'm going to put my stamp down. Good riddance too. Guy was no good. I knew it the first time I saw him. You can always tell. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I just <laughs> love that because it just completely undercuts the whole point of this episode, and it's just yeah, the, the kind of the wisdom of the bartender just once again just kind of shoots Fraser down to size. I just think it's brilliant.
1: Great delivery. I'm not sure who plays the bartender, but I think that line is delivered perfectly.
0: So good. I, I didn't know if they they that was the same actor that goes on to play Duke, but it might just be a guy. You know, kind of looks like him. It just I, I can't I couldn't quite remember. I think Duke might actually be an older an older guy um, by about 10-15 years. Just
1: looking at it in to me his name is ivory ocean wow that's a good name isn't it that is a bloody solid brilliant name. solid name
0: <laughs> Blimey, that's a fantastic name ivory ocean so there you go ivory ocean delivers my favorite line this episode uh, another some some more great Nars moments when he says maris and i had our rehearsal dinner here when he's trying to cover up <laughs> the fact that daphne's seen them there that pool table guy that Fraser bumps into i mean he is an absolute Oh, just I he's, hate this guy. And also he really hams it up like it's just it's not threatening, it's more like camp, it's like something off Greece.
1: Yeah, he does. He looks like he's best mates with John Travolta. Really? Um, he's
0: like, oh, I'm gonna take these guys outside and give <laughs> my French, beat the crap out of them. Like say something threatening, you know, use the C word, to call the F at them or something. Like, don't say you're gonna beat the crap out of them. Like, what the hell?
1: What what I find strange as well, he has like a really clever line. He says, you know, Demeters don't run at night, and neither do you. That's that's a really clever line, it, and it just. I doesn't... like
0: the fact that Niles calls attention to that as well. Like, oh, what a clever little—he's a regular George <laughs> S. Kaufman or something. I love the fact they did that because otherwise you'd be thinking, "Oh, that's just so so unrealistic. A guy would not quip a, a a little phrase like that." But yeah, that guy's a douche. Even more insane at this point is that Daphne would ever agree to a wager where she has to sink five balls with a single shot. I mean, I would, I I mean, I don't know anything about Paul trick shots. Other than obviously it's quite a quite a big thing, quite a big field. But I think that the plausibility of potting five balls in a single shot is next to impossible if they are randomly scattered on the table. Why would you ever agree? to a bet.
1: Like. She ends up agreeing, I think, to six, doesn't she? And, she does. Um...
0: She says she'll pop the, the little one or something. And then Niles is like, what's this about the little one? I think it's about <laughs> yeah. him.
1: Just what, I, what I will say as well is just, I know you said that you really like the lion. Maris and I had our rehearsal dinner here. Yeah. I absolutely love the detail he goes into after that little bit. Oh, you know, <laughs> well, the place was different. He had a bit of a garden. There was
0: a trellis over there. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, come on, Niles. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just love like, it. Yeah. It's like the classic thing when someone's lying, they overcompensate with extra detail. I, ju-
1: I love how, like, Niles is clearly in a situation. He's awkward. He's uncomfortable. This is a nervous situation, and yet he just like spews. It's very posh. Very. <laughs> I, it's just. It's done so I absolutely love that line. Absolutely unbelievable.
0: Um, some great. This is a fantastic Niles episode. Just generally speaking. I love the shot of Fraser and Niles holding onto each other in slow mo as uh, as Daphne tries to make the shot. Just a, a nice bit of kind of brotherly comedy there. Um, no words need to be said, they're just kind of holding on each holding the life on each other. And then they inevitably make their escape. Frasier uses a pull cue to bar the doors, which would take all of five seconds to break. And and he's like he's so triumphant at the fact that he's barred the door. I mean, yeah, just nuts.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you've got episode. you've got Frasier laughing. Niles actually pulls like a nya nya face. Great, and he's got like, He's got I think his his thumbs in his ears, tongue sticking out. It's a beautiful sight.
0: A great a great kind of conclusion to this episode. Um I was when I was watching this episode actually, when the the original suspects from the pool from the card game leave Fraser's apartment, I'd forgotten about this entire B plot. So I was thinking, what the hell? That episode was over really fast. And then I looked and only 10 minutes have gone. So I was like, okay, what comes next? And then obviously it was the, the Daphne plot. Speaking of the title of this episode, can you I mean this is a pretty this is a tenuous connection but can you tell me what it's a reference to if this is even what
1: the writers intended I'm not sure it rings a bell but I can't off the top of my head I just, I'm it sure. is the same
0: and I googled it and Bo Diddley the famous singer uh, musician you can't judge a book by, by the cover as a book obviously that's a famous saying anyway which is I think what the main pun is but Bo Diddley is referenced a few times in Frasier. The one definite I can think of is when Bulldog falls in love with Sharon the golfer. Before she you know, Frasier agrees to go on a blind date with her, Roz basically says she has a body that makes Bo Derek look like Bo Diddley. And then like Fraser comes back and like, oh, you know, a golfer, did you say? Or a chess player, did you say? Or something like that. So they have a reference to Bo Diddley there. And that's only in a couple of seasons' time. And I definitely think there's another one. And I can't think where it is. So... It, maybe one of the writers had a bit of a diddly thing going on, and they just thought, you know what, let's let's make an homage. I don't know. Maybe that's a I, bit of a stretch.
1: I I always find it really interesting, actually, to see either like a musician or a TV show or a film that gets continued. It's the reference throughout the life of a TV show. Just because I find it really interesting to see what clearly you know has inspired the writers or what they want to pay, as you say, like an homage to or anything like that I, I find it, it's just something I find really interesting
0: it gives you an insight I think into the writers as people and like their general interests you know we just think of these people that sit around and they only like Frasier and they don't like anything else but of course they like everything but Frasier and it's all that other stuff that's informing their creation of of the show so yeah I just think that's kind of interesting so that's that's one possible interpretation of the title before we kind of conclude and I've got a few bits of listener mail to uh, to talk us through are you ready for Whose Crane is it anyway Kay?
1: I am indeed ready yes
0: okay this is it's not a not a super hard one, I don't think. Um, but we'll, I'll put it out there. See how you see how you take it. This week it is. Well, I guess there's only one thing left. Well, I guess there's only one thing left. Oh, Who says that? And if you can remember feeling, the context, bonus point.
1: I have a feeling I might notice. Actually, I I want to say, is it Jimmy? Does he say well, there's only one thing left? You owe your dad five bucks. <sighs>
0: It's not, Jimmy. I was so <laughs> sure you were going to get it right. You were so confident. Martin says it when they finish playing cards just before the moment you talk of. And he basically says, well, I guess there's only one thing left. And then they, he kind of like, then Frasier goes, shall we adjourn to the uh, to the drawing room? And they oh. move into the living room. But yeah, you were you were so close. You were seconds away I from, just, that, from that line. God. Um, I mean, in fact, I haven't actually double checked. Jimmy might actually say a very similar. I'm checking it. Words. I'm checking it now. <laughs> Please yeah. do. So it, it um, might be that you've also got a point but i don't Um, don't think so you got any kind of final comments or points um of this episode before i go over to to listener mail Uh, i'll just say is
1: it in your top 10 it's not in my top 10 is it in yours it's not in my top 10 either
0: still chugging along aren't we we still haven't hit the uh the first one in fact i mean i'm not gonna say how many weeks away it is because then that obviously gives it away. But I'm just going to take a quick look at the... Okay, we are still... Yeah, we're still a little bit away. It's in this season, um, but we are still a bit away. um, I'll be honest. But yeah. So I'm just going over to the the Reddit now uh, just to read out a few comments we had from this week so T who I mentioned on the episode last week Teresa uh, she's given me kind of permission I think to use her name she says I'm American and I've never heard clutch used a slang like that although I've never heard heavy used in the 80s either outside of back to the future so maybe it's just me Corey actually said an American's take clutch usually means someone who comes through and makes something successful then he says this is interesting key we can discuss this briefly he put on slang to shoot one back at you guys why in the UK is the slang for or, quote, laughing when you're not supposed to, called corpsing, which is a phrase I used last week. He says we would say breaking, as in breaking character, and I was always curious as to why it's corpsing in the UK. Now, I always use breaking up. I only used corpsing last week because I thought that was the American term. And obviously it's not I mean are you have you heard corpsing before and do you know anything more about that than I do
1: The only time I've ever heard anyone refer to it as corpsing is a old director I have Oh really But other than that no, I just I don't I, don't I just it's certainly it's not something day to day
0: in English parlance I don't think
1: I, mean, I I certainly wouldn't I don't think I've ever heard it on any kind of day to day or just yeah, yeah. In, outside yeah. of a rehearsal <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's a funny one. I would normally always say like, oh, I was breaking up or, oh, you know, I was cracking up is the one I use. A lot, I would I probably swear. say
1: cracking up. Yeah. yeah, I was
0: cracking up. Creasing got a big kind of heyday 10 years ago. Horrible term, in my opinion. But a lot of people <laughs> used to say, oh, I'm creasing. I'm creasing. As in like they're wrinkling their face by laughing, um, I think is the... The kind of etymology there. Uh, a user by the name of Vandalay put another solid episode regarding the quote, Has anyone really been drunk at other points in the series? Which I think I mentioned. He put, I'm sure there are a few examples, but the one that stands out to me is Daphne and Wine Club. And to which I responded, I, I immediately thought of other examples after I said that. Like Niles in Halloween, when he thinks <clears throat> Daphne is pregnant, he's like drunk as a fox, to, uh, to quote his words. So we do have a few episodes of um, people getting... Um,
1: if it helps... No, I, I've just noticed something. Um, <laughs> basically, I I, look, I typed in corpsing on Google. Um, and apparently it's because the worst time to have an unscripted fit of laughter when you're on stage is when playing a corpse.
0: Wow,
1: there that's very go. From. so yeah a be...
0: little bit of info there okay coming kind of drawing on your uh your theatre and drama knowledge as well. Um, I like that. The fact that an old director wants to use the term. I've just been on the thread, actually. My Coffee with Niles coffee, our good friend, actually did comment three hours ago. I've only just seen this. And he put, Great show as always, guys. I've been missing action since the semester is coming to a close, and it's the usual craziness of finals and projects. I'll be back with a vengeance, though, soon, as I have the spare time. It is fortunate timing, though, that Mischief Knight has stepped into Offer Trivia. Until then, I'm still listening. So, really lovely to hear from and, and the best
1: um, of luck to coffee, yeah. I finals and yeah l- good luck with everything that's going on best of luck
0: best of luck indeed I imagine there's quite a lot going on there um, so yeah if, if we can offer you any academic help however limited it might be then reach out to us <laughs> um, so uh, next week we'll be looking at season one episode 16 the show where Lilith comes back first time we'll be seeing Lilith back in the Fraser universe also the first episode of like the Chia's crossovers Lilith is a phenomenal character I think so really excited to, uh, to have her back But you got any kind of final comments, Key, about this episode or next week's or anything in general?
1: Uh, No, I think I'm just looking forward to it. Excellent as am I. Looking
0: forward to getting back to Lilith. Um, But other than that, I've been Will. I've been Key. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Toss salads and scrambled eggs.
1: Mercy. And maybe I
0: seem a bit confused. Well, maybe. But I got you pegged. Ha, (laughs) ha, ha, ha. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.